Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Jay Hartley. 17. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Well, excuse me, princess. There's been some announcements lately. There's been quite a few announcements, and it's actually kind of surprising all of these announcements that are coming, considering that both myself and a lot of other Nintendo uh, fans have been basically saying there is a direct imminent. So what are some of these announcements? Well, uh, we got a release date for Yoshi's Crafted World. That comes out on March 29th. I forgot to add that to the show notes, so I may have that date wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's March 29th. Um, We got a release date, I think it's April 3rd. I could be wrong about that, but because uh, these are two things that happened a couple days ago, and I just forgot to add them to the show notes right before I started recording. Uh, but that was Kirby's Epic Yarn uh, for the 3DS. This is a game that was originally on the Wii, and they have ported it to the 3DS. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that game. That that was the first Kirby game that I ever played, and and a lot of people whose opinions on gaming I really respect uh, gushed about that game. And so I said, I'm going to check that out and see if it's any good. And it was just kind of okay. It didn't really uh, draw me in. And part part of the problem was the fact that you had to hold Wii remotes sideways, which was never comfortable and never a good, a good way to do it. Uh, so I was never a huge fan of of that and that is definitely one point that was against Kirby's Epic Yarn but now it's on the 3DS and um it's it's coming uh in April I think it was so those two things right there those are Nintendo first party stuff you know a lot of people were like whoa hold on does this mean that we're not getting a direct this month which is a valid question because those are announcements that would be in a Nintendo Direct most of the time. And everybody and their brother was, myself included, we were all um, anticipating that there would be a January Direct. I uh, kind of guessed at um, January 11th or 18th. Uh, I don't see the 11th happening now because I think that we would have heard about it by now. So I still think that there's a possibility for a Nintendo Direct. But let's talk about some of the other announcements before we um, talk about the whether or not there's going to be a Nintendo Direct. So those all happened either yesterday or the day before, the, the Yoshi and the Kirby stuff. But then today, there was a bunch of uh, release dates that were listed for third-party stuff as well. So Square Enix uh, posted to Twitter, uh, or at Final Fantasy, I guess, uh, they posted to tw- to uh, Twitter that why is oh there we go um, that Final Fantasy XII: The Zodiac Age launches on Nintendo Switch and Xbox One on the 30th of April this year to celebrate. Character designer 
Akihiko Yoshida has created this beautiful new piece of artwork. And it is really awesome looking. It, it looks gorgeous. But uh, that game is previously out on PS4. And it's actually a remaster of Final Fantasy XII, which was, I think, a PS2 or maybe a PS3. I think it was a PS3 game. Uh, it was a PS3 game. So it was a remaster. It was out on the PS4. And, um, you know, that... That was announced today. In addition to that, Final Fa- or at Final Fantasy also announced today that on is that the same day? Uh, no, on April sixteenth. So that's you know fourteen days earlier. You would be able to pick up uh, Final Fantasy ten and ten two HD remaster. Uh, it says here, your story begins on April 16th. You can play the Nintendo Switch and Xbox One versions of Final Fantasy X, X2 Remaster. I I anticipate that this means that very soon we will find out the launch dates for uh, Final Fantasy VII's uh, release for the Nintendo Switch, as well as Final Fantasy IX uh, releasing for the Nintendo Switch. Square Enix has really stepped up their support for the Nintendo Switch, but again... These are the type of um, announcements that you would completely expect to find on the Nintendo's uh, Direct. Uh, so again, this le- lends more credence to the idea that there is no Nintendo Direct planned for January. But that's not it. There's still more stuff. We also found out that Dragon's Dogma, which I don't know anything about. I watched the trailer. The trailer looked pretty cool. Uh, I talked to my buddy Richard about it, and when I, when I looked at it, it, it felt like, it felt a lot like Monster Hunter, and it felt like it was a multiplayer game, and I asked him about it, and he said it's not actually multiplayer, but when you do stuff in this game, it kind of saves the way that you play is how he explained it to me. And uh, then you can be like hired by your friends to come into their game, not as you, but as a, uh, a, a CPU control or like an NPC that plays like you do, if that makes any sense. Uh, they can, they, you can go into their game and help them try and take down big monsters that was uh th- this was from gematsu uh .com dragon's dogma dark arisen uh it, that's a weird way to say that uh, dark rising is what i would have said but that's okay uh dragon's dogma dark arisen is coming to switch on april 23rd yet another um announcement that you would think would be tied to a Nintendo Direct. So, was there one more? Yes, there was another one. Dragon's Lair Trilogy. Also, coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's due out next week. This is... I'm kind of torn on how I feel about this game. Um, this is a game that, when I was a kid, was in arcades. And every time I looked at it, it just blew me away. Because it looked like a Disney film. And it looked like a Disney film when you were playing it too. And that's because it was actually, you know, like a cartoon. And it would have like these moments where it was played on Laserdisc. If, if, 
<laughs> if that's telling you how old I am. It was played on Laserdisc, and basically what would happen is it would show a little bit of a cartoon, and then it would it would try it, it would like flash a thing up on the screen, basically saying, you know, go this way. You had a joystick and a button, uh, so you know, go left, right, up, or down, and you had to respond with the correct timing or hit the button with the correct timing. And if you hit the correct button at the correct time or went the right direction at the right time, then it would load in the next um, uh, the next little part of the cartoon story. And if you failed to, then you would see the hero, uh, Dirk, uh, killed in some horrific way, like maybe he's choked to death by a tentacle or he gets thrown into some acid and, and becomes a skeleton, uh, that kind of thing. But every time I saw this game, it it absolutely just amazed me at how cool it looked. And I always kind of just wanted a movie of it, I, I think, really. The, the character's design was really, really good. And then there was a sequel, uh, Dragon's Lair 2, of course, and then there was not really a third one, uh, but it was made by the same company, it had the same art style, and it played exactly the same way, but it wasn't a Dragon's Lair game, it was Space Ace. And these are arcade games that would destroy your quarters, like you would just dump quarter after quarter after quarter into it, So, and, and they cost more, I think it was more than just a uh, quarter to play, back in the days when that's how much it cost to play Pac-Man or Donkey Kong or uh, Mortal Kombat or whatever. Actually, this is before Mortal Kombat. You know, I think at the time it might have been a dollar to play Dragon's Lair or maybe it was 50 cents, but whatever it was, I remember it being more expensive. And so, I, you know, I probably played it two or three times in the arcade, but it was too rich for my blood. And especially because it was really, really difficult to get things right. And so I never got very far in the game. And the fact that it's coming to the Switch, and it's a trilogy, that's very interesting to me, because that means no quarters needed. I can actually progress through the game, because the, you know, the, these games were designed to be really hard and to, to, to take as many quarters as possible. Um, well, I guess all... All games of that era were designed that way. Uh, but it was really, really hard to beat. And I always wanted to see more of this fantastic animation. Uh, so I'm excited that Dragon's Lair Trilogy is coming to the Switch. You know, all of those games. That being said, I don't know if it's something that I really want to buy. Because I don't know how long it is. I don't know how much time you can really spend playing that game. It comes out on January 17th. Um, but you know, you're getting Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2, Time Warp, and Space Ace. That seems like it might be a really good deal, but again, this is one more thing that you would think would be announced alongside a Nintendo Direct. And then we have another announcement. Like, it's just one after another after another. This one is from the official... Um, bravely default tweet, uh, and it's in it's in Japanese. So I use the uh, the little translate button. Uh, so it's translated by Microsoft. It says "Start work!" Exclamation point. 
And then for some reason it says cancer. I don't know why. Uh, but then it says, I think the year is a different challenge, but I'll try to make it a good game. Hope many people enjoy it. And it shows a little bit of artwork with some characters. And these characters very much remind me of the characters from uh, Bravely Default. So it seems like we are going to be getting another Bravely Default game. And I find this to be really exciting. I didn't play the second one because I had kind of washed my hands of the uh, 3DS at that point uh, when the second one came out. I really wasn't playing it much anymore at that point. Um, but I played the first one and I had a lot of fun. It had a really cool combat system. This, this fantastic combat system where you could store your attacks for later. So uh, just to sum it up, you could either go brave or default. And if you go default, that 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 stores your turn for later. And then when you use brave, you can use a bunch of attacks in a row. So, you know, you go two or three turns going default and your character is storing up these extra bonus attacks and then you unleash. So uh, one of the things that you might do is is kind of build up a bunch of attacks and save them and then have have somebody in your group cast a debuff on the monster that you're fighting against in order to make them more vulnerable to damage and then use all of the all of those stored attacks to take them out in like one shot it was really really fun it had some very cool mechanics that i liked like you could change the amount of enemies that would attack you during random encounters so let's say that you're having trouble with a boss fight you could go back out into the overworld and crank up the 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 um, multiplier for how often you encounter an enemy so that you run into a bunch of them and then you get a bunch of xp so it makes grinding like which is you always have to do in these japanese rpgs uh, it makes grinding through experience much faster, but at the same time, if you would just want to get from point A to point B and you don't want to be interrupted by uh, combat, you could just turn off random encounters and you could just walk across the world without really having to worry about that stuff. And I, I thought that that was a really uh, awesome um, bit of progress in the JRPG genre, and I, I'm excited to see what else uh, Square Enix does. It, it's very Final Fantasy feeling, but also has a, an extremely cool... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An extremely cool uh, combat system that is really rewarding and has a lot of risk and reward in it. Um, so I, I highly recommend, if you've got a 3DS and you've never checked out Bravely Default, I would definitely say check it out. A lot I didn't finish the game. A lot of people say at the end of the game it gets very very repetitive, but I played uh, quite a long time and I ended up just getting what I needed to get out of that game and I was done with it. Uh, I don't I don't always beat a game. In fact, I seldom finish a game just because I don't have time uh, before the next new shiny thing distracts me. But again, the reason I'm talking about it is because this is yet another announcement that you would you would anticipate would be in a Nintendo Direct. So if we count them up, we've got one, two, three, four, uh, five, 
six, seven, and that might be enough to say, man, there's there's not going to be a Nintendo Direct this month. And then there's yet another one. Um, this one is a uh, an update to the Nintendo Switch Online NES Nintendo Entertainment System where you can play the NAS games on the Switch. Uh, Nintendo announced two new NES games because every month we get a couple uh, or a few um, NES games to add to our growing library of retro games from Nintendo. Um, and we're getting that in, in exchange for our Nintendo Switch Online subscription. Uh, they're adding two games this month. Now, I did like a series of tweets where I was kind of complaining about about this because having three, I felt like, okay, that's that's okay. I think it should be better. Uh, maybe throw in Super Nintendo games or something like that. But now Nintendo's cutting it down to two. And I kind of went on like, on like a little five-tweet Twitter rant uh, complaining about the fact that I, I'm not quite sure what we're paying for with Nintendo Switch Online. You know, when, you, when I play Smash Brothers, what I'd really like to have is for me to be able to make a community uh, arena where people in the community could just always have that arena open and they could go in and see who else is there from the community and just start fighting. Kind of like they have tournaments in Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Like, that makes sense to me. I I've I I can't do that because everything is peer to peer. Um I also I don't like the fact that uh I've run into quite a few times where I've been fighting in Smash Brothers and I've lagged out big time. So I feel like I'm not happy with the Nintendo Switch online experience. I'm going to continue paying because I want to be able to play games online and you know, if that's the only way to do it, then that's the only way to do it. I want to be able to play Super Smash Brothers against people in my community. I want to be able to play against my friends. I want to uh, go online and, not, you know, not be fighting against the computer. Because the computer, while uh, is more challenging than it has been in the past, it's still not there. You know, it's not like fighting against a real opponent. They're, they're more pre predictable. They always do the same thing because it's a script, you know? So I, I don't like what, what's going on there. Uh, so, you know, the, the thing that Nintendo's doing is they're they're kind of trying to justify the expense that $20 a year if you're in solo and $35 a year if you're in um, the family plan. They're trying to justify that expense by saying you also get free NES games every month. And up until now, it's been three games every month. And now uh, they released a YouTube video that showed the January games that we're getting. And it's only two games this month. Now, what I will say is that it's it's two games that I think are very good. Now, the first one is Blaster Master. I remember when I was a kid playing Blaster Master. I went to a New Year's Eve party with my mom and... The, the the other kids that were there were playing Blaster Master on their Nintendo Entertainment System. And I sat down and played a little bit of it. Had an absolute... No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I almost said I had a blast with it. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Blaster Master. 
um, but I didn't own it myself, so I didn't play much. Now, I did end up getting Blaster Master Zero for the Nintendo Switch, and I don't know if Blaster Master Zero is a straight-up remake of the original Blaster Master. I get the feeling that it is, in which case I don't really care about getting Blaster Master. It'd be nice if it's not just a straight-up remake because I feel like I've already played it now because I played the hell out of Blaster Master Zero and had a blast with it. Oh, damn it, I did it again. Um, No pun intended. The other game is the one that I'm probably more excited for, and that's Zelda 2. Um, this is a game that every time I've tried to play it, I've just gotten absolutely smacked down. Like, I'm terrible at Zelda 2. And being able to take it with me, and being able to have save states built in, means I might actually make some progress in this ridiculously difficult game. I've never been of the opinion that Zelda 2 is a bad game. Zelda 2 is a good game that's just too damn hard. So I think that having that on the Nintendo Switch Online Nintendo Entertainment System app on the Nintendo Switch, I think that that's really good, and I'm looking forward to playing it. And the overlap that we're starting to get with the NES Classic or the Super Nintendo, or well, not Super, the, the 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 overlap with the Nintendo Switch Online app and the NES Classic is starting to get um, uh, more and more and more overlap. But you can take it with you, so there's the advantage there. I think that at the end of the day, Nintendo will bring a third game, And I think it's going to be one of their SP games because every time so far they've brought out an SP game, which is uh, a a classic game that we already have in our library that is changed in some way. Uh, One of the ways that they did it was uh, it was uh, uh, the original Zelda. You started with a bunch of money and a bunch of items and... um, you could go in and and try and fight against Ganon like right away if you wanted. So like small changes to the game. And I understand that Nintendo is saying, look, you can play these games online, but most of these games are single player games and I don't care about playing those online. I think it's fine that you can. Uh, every time I've tried it, it has not been a good experience. It's been really, really laggy. And that could be the people that I was playing with. Maybe they didn't have the best internet. But the fact that it wasn't a good experience for me, it makes me unhappy about paying that 20 or 30, in my case, $35 a month because I got the family plan. So even though uh, I'm happy with the things that they're announcing, I am starting to feel more and more ripped off by the Nintendo Switch online experience. Uh, I think Nintendo has really got to take a long and hard look at what it is that they're offering us and improve it. And in, in chat, TF Wagner says, I think the online is good enough which is all I expect from $20. And and I understand, yeah, it's only $20 a year, which is not very much money. But there's been too many times now where I've been playing and I've been like, come on, another disconnect? And 
you know, maybe, maybe, it, maybe that's just the person on the other end shutting off their switch. I don't know, but it would be nice if they would provide servers instead of peer to peer. In fact, if they provided servers for Smash Brothers, where we could have a community arena, like I said before, I don't think that I would have nearly as many complaints, and I probably wouldn't be complaining about the the lack of a third game the, in January for the Nintendo Switch Online NES stuff. But as it is, I'm not happy with it, and I'm going to keep paying because I want to play games online, but I think it's lame. So that's eight announcements. Those are eight announcements that happened in the last few days all of which you would assume would happen in a Nintendo Direct. So I've been talking about this for a long time now. Do we expect to have a Nintendo Direct in January? Well, there's more than 10 days in January. I'll say that. And I do think that there is still a chance that we can get a Nintendo Direct in January, but all of these announcements have made me... After the first two announcements, I was like, well, maybe Nintendo just... um, You know, maybe they don't have room for this stuff in there. Or maybe they're just trying to throw us off the scent by saying, hey, here's a couple of announcements. And then everybody's like, whoa, is there no Direct this month? And then, bam, there's a Direct right after that, you know? that That's one thing that I was thinking. But hey, having all of these third-party announcements followed uh, following those big first party announcements like there's not much else to talk about unless it's all brand new stuff and trust me if we get a Nintendo Direct that's all brand new stuff that we didn't hear about already that would be fantastic but I, do I think it's likely I don't know I want to know what you guys think if you think it's likely let me know if you don't think it's likely let me know all right if you are listening to this, there's lots of ways you can let me know. Email runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Twitter at runjumpstomp. If you are um, watching this on YouTube, comment right down below. Um, I think that there's a good chance that we won't get a Nintendo Direct this month. And while that makes me a little sad, that just means that the February Direct or the March Direct or whenever it is that we get the next Direct is going to be that much better. Anyway, here's hoping. Hey, listen. This is very interesting. Um, Monster Boy, which I, I kind of have... The more I play that game, the more I like it. Uh, in my initial first impressions, I said that I really wasn't enjoying the game, and I forced myself to sit down and play more of it because everybody had said how great it is, and the more that I, uh, the more time I spend in that world, the more I really think that it can be a great game. So far, I've got two of the characters unlocked, the pig and the snake, and there's a whole bunch more. There's, I can eventually unlock the human again. There's a frog, a lion, a dragon, and, you know, that's a lot of different gameplay. And just the ability to switch between the pig and the snake has increased the fun level for me quite a bit. So my first impressions were not so great. Uh, now I'm starting to change my tune, and it seems like the more I play it, 
the more I enjoy it. Uh, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. The thing that I wanted to talk about is how well uh, Monster Boy is doing on the Nintendo Switch. This is Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. There are other Monster Boy games, but uh, this one, uh, this is really interesting news. Monster Boy sold eight times more on the Switch than on the PS4 and Xbox One combined. That is a pretty crazy stat. That is a really, really crazy stat. And I find that really, really hard to believe. This comes from a tweet from FDG Entertainment. They said, Nintendo Switch continues to amaze us. Not only does it bring so much joy with its original games, it also is the most profitable console business ever for us. It's another universe in regards to sales numbers. Monster Boy game ratio is 8 to 1 Nintendo Switch versus everything else. Now, there's a couple different ways you can do that uh, or parse that statement. You can look at that statement and say uh, that Nintendo Switch sold 8 to 1 versus the PS4. And it also sold 8 to 1 versus the Xbox. Or you can parse that statement to say that it sold 8 to 1 versus the Xbox and PS4 combined. And I really don't know which one they meant. Uh, but most people are saying the combined thing, and that might just be because it's a better headline. So I don't know, but it's a very interesting thing because the Nintendo Switch has been out for two years now, two two years and some change, and it has sold quite a few systems, but it hasn't matched the PS4. It hasn't matched the Xbox One. Its its pace is better than both of those systems. It has sold more in the same amount of time than both of those systems. But both of those systems had quite a head start as far as sales go. And the longer that a console is on the market, the lower its price gets. And the more likely it is that people are going to pick it up. So the fact that with as many PS4s and Xbox Ones as there are out there, it seems like the attach rate to Nintendo Switch is much higher. And I think this goes back to when graphics are good enough. And the Switch certainly has graphics that I think most people would agree are good enough. Yes, the Xbox One and the PS4 can push more polygons, can use higher resolutions, can get more frames per second out of stuff because they have more powerful chips in them and more RAM uh, in them. But when you get to a certain point and the graphics are good enough, and I talked about this last episode a little bit, then you start working on how else can we differentiate. And Nintendo has differentiated by making the system portable that you can take with you. And I think that is really, really resonating with people. Like people are looking at this and they're saying, if I can take, if I can, you know, Monster Boy on the, uh, on the Nintendo Switch is not going to look any worse than it does on the PS4 or Xbox One. And with the Switch... I have the option to take it with me and I can play it on the TV. I can do both. So why would anybody 
buy it on these other platforms unless they didn't have the option. Maybe they only have a PS4 or Xbox One. And what it, what this continues to kind of reinforce to me is this idea that if you have multiple consoles, most of the time, if a game is on multiple platforms, I feel like people are much more likely to buy the Nintendo Switch version because it gives you the option to take it with you and the graphics are good enough. Now, that doesn't work for everything because, you know, if you were to ask me, Bill, should I pick up uh, Doom on the PS4 or the Nintendo Switch? I would say go pick it up on the PS4. The game is a much better version on the PS4. And playing the Nintendo Switch on the go is awesome, but not for first-person shooters because the controller, the, the right stick on the Nintendo Switch when you're in portable mode it's just not great for first-person shooters. Its position isn't awesome. It's got a really, really short throw. Uh, it's it's just not the best. Plus, when you're on the PS4, it's going to look better. It's going to look like a much better game. You're going to get a higher frame rate. The, the resolution is going to be more stable. Uh, the game will look nicer. And that game is, is, yes, it's about fantastic gameplay, amazing music, but it's also about graphics. Like, that game is gorgeous. They nailed it. And I'm sure that the same is... I'm sure that I would say the same about Wolfenstein 2, which just came out on the Nintendo Switch. I would recommend that that kind of game should be picked up on, you know, maybe even a PC. M. Hastrup in chat is pointing out that it would be best on the PC, so maybe you should pick it up on the PC. Uh, that's where I played Doom is on the PC, uh, but I was really comparing consoles. But anyway, shiny things distracting me. Um, uh, you know, I would recommend you probably play uh, Wolfenstein on the PS4. But for most things, like I ended up picking up Dragon Quest Eleven for the PS4 only because it was on sale. I would prefer to play that game on the Switch. But it was for $35, and I know that the Switch version is going to be 60 So I said, uh, I'm going to get the $35 version. Um, it's not always going to be the best choice to, to, to play it on the Switch. But more often than not, I feel like it is. And that's something that Nintendo didn't stumble into. This is something that was very purposeful and designed that way. And... You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Only Nintendo would take a risk like this when they it would be much less risky and easier for them to build a system that is just like the Xbox One, just like the PS4, and just played everything as well. They took a risk to make it a portable system and the attach rate for a lot of games, because Monster Boy is not the only one that is uh, trending like this. The attach rate of the uh, of the third party games on the Nintendo Switch is showing everybody that Nintendo did the right thing. 
And hopefully they just continue to do the right thing. Let's go racing! It's Super Mario Kart Funny Car Madness! Only on Super NES! Turn the track into a giant mud pit! Or burn rubber on ice, wood, or asphalt! Mix it up with the big boys! Well, everybody, that is it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. If you want the full show, head on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can watch live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. If you're looking for ways to support the show, there's a million ways to do it. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Uh, one way to support the show is by checking out Audible. You can get a free book by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Uh, get a free book. Listen to that. It's fantastic. I recommend Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Uh, really, really good book about uh, video games. Uh, make sure that you check that out. And uh, thank you to everybody who's already supported the show. You guys are fantastic. If you like the music you heard on today's episode, make sure that you go over to runjumpstomp.com music. Everybody who's ever let me play their music on the show can be listed right there. Again, that URL is runjumpstomp.com slash music. I'll, I'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay rad. <laughs>